Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thanks, Grant. Morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? God's good, isn't he? And it's, uh, thank you for faithfulness um, in, in, in that big church give with a lift. But we said God's good because we've just given back what he's already given us. Um, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it is what the psalmist tells us. So we're just, God is good and we're so thankful for what he's doing um, and what he is continuing to do. We are in this theme this morning. Phil, as well, I should have said, sorry, in Liverpool. This weekend, he sends us love. Uh, he's over there speaking, and he was also on a national radio station yesterday on digital radio. So the next time he's here, there's actually going to be a celebrity that will return to the stage. Um, so make sure you make reference to it when, he's, when he comes back. Um, it's, great, it's great being together. Phil and I started this series between us um, over the last few weeks, um, just unpacking some of the teaching. Uh, and things in it. If you're a visitor with us and you want to pick up any of the things we've been doing in this, you can go onto our website and you can get all the, the old podcasts and live stream uh, and things like that. What, what we've been doing in this, the, the key theme or the key text that we've been looking at for the series has been this one found in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, and it simply says this, and we all with unfailed face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Um, over the next couple of weeks, um, Phil will be uh, digging into a little bit about a covenant, because this is the context of this passage where Moses, uh, we're, we're told about Moses and how with the old covenant about how there was a glory that was fading, but with this, there was something that was ever increasing. Phil's going to be looking at the difference between the old and the new covenant uh, and things with this. Um, but, but for us, the thing that I really wanted to suppose to land with today and to lead off with was about what it means to behold Jesus what it means to, to gaze upon his beauty. And I wanted to take a little while at the start for us actually to do it. We've already been doing it in worship this morning with the words of truth that we've been declaring about Jesus and singing over our lives. We've been gazing upon his beauty and his wonder and his majesty. But this morning around the word, I simply wanted to do it. You know that on the very first Sunday, if any of you are here of this theme, I introduced it. And it was just off the back of Vision Sunday and All In Sunday. And in the, in the lead in from that, the main, the main point that we were trying to bring across with that was that simply, as we boil it all down, the vision is Jesus. Was this one, the vision is Jesus. I'm going to be talking a little bit this morning, I should say, that's why it was on the screen on this topic of the ministry of reconciliation. But firstly, we just want to be looking at Jesus. We're going to get to this in a, in a little while. So the vision is Jesus. The psalmist says this in Psalm 27, verse 4. We, this is one of the verses we shared together in, in eldership during the week. And it said, this one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. The psalmist is really clear in this. He's firstly saying this. This is one thing that I ask. He's, he's passionate. He's adamant about this. This is his soul's desire. And at the outset of this, I just wanted to ask this question to pose this to us, but as a believer, for, for anybody in the room this morning who calls himself a follower of Jesus, what is your one desire? What is even the reason why you've gathered here today? What is your purpose 
and being here today. Even in life, what is your reason in life? What is your purpose in life? The psalmist says this, his one desire was firstly this, that he may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. It was like his, his heart's purpose, the position of this was that he just longed to be in close relationship and communion with the Lord each and every day of his life. This is what he, he wanted to press into and go after. But he, he finishes by saying this, one thing that we ask is this, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. We have remembered Jesus this morning in communion. Grant rightly led in with this, that this is what we've done. We've remembered. Jesus said this, do this in remembrance of me until, until the kingdom comes in all of its fullness. One day we don't need to do the act of remembrance because one day we will stand face to face with Jesus and we will gaze in his beauty and in his glory and its fullness as the kingdom has realized fully with us. One day we will see him in heaven. But you know what? There's something about being able to look and gaze upon the beauty of Jesus right here and right now in our lives. There's something about grasping the glory of Jesus and being able to see this. We have moments in our lives, don't we, as we, as we engage and we encounter with the Holy Spirit. We have moments in our lives where we just are able to taste and see that the Lord is good. There are moments where we acknowledge and can experience his beauty and his goodness in our lives. These significant moments. This is what Paul would call beholding his glory. We just read this in Corinthians this morning when you're fully aware of the glory of Jesus. And, and as a believer, you know, in our Sunday night series, this is what we've been saying. As a believer, one of the things which we are invited to do is that we are now those who participate in the divine nature. In our very nature, we can become like Christ. That's what this is referencing for us. And you know, on Sunday nights, we've been looking about the practices that we put in place that help us to be like that. But we can participate in the divine nature. What does the divine nature look like? We need to daily remind ourselves of what this is like by gazing upon it, by glorifying in it, by focusing our time and our attention and giving Jesus time to be able to recognize him in all of his glory. And this morning, what we're going to do, I'm going to, we're going to talk about the ministry of reconciliation from the passage in, one, or in Colossians chapter 1, if you have Bibles with you. We're going to turn to Colossians 1. And we're going to start at verse 15 this morning. And what I wanted to do was to allow us just to take a few moments just to meditate on Jesus. I would love us just to take a few moments to actually just gaze on his beauty and his glory this morning and his majesty. There's some words in this that are just so powerful that I just don't want us to rush past them. Last Sunday night, if you were here, one of the practices we were looking at was meditative reading of the scripture. I said at that stage, meditation, a lot of us think that it's just this new age practice, this it's airy-fairy thing. But like, see, meditation, we're actually told in, in Joshua chapter 1, it says, on, on the book of your law, I meditate day and night. The most basic understanding of meditation we can, we can grasp is, um, so apparently this is what happens. A cow has four different parts of a stomach, right? Here's a biology lesson. I used to be a biology teacher, right? So a cow has four different parts of a stomach. And what happens is that as it eats its food, it swallows it in the first part of its stomach, but then it regurgitates it and it chews on it a bit more and it swallows it and it regurgitates it and chews on a bit more and it goes into the next chamber and so on. And this is what meditation is like as we almost, like with the Word of God, we're chewing on it, we're allowing it to come alive, our soul's focus is in it, we meditate on it. And what we want to do is to take a moment, we're in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, and we're going to read words about Jesus. Some of these words which we have sang this morning in song, I would love us just to be able to read these words. But firstly, before we do it, I would just love us to pray and invite the Holy Spirit just to breathe in this, can we? 
Because uh, as we read it, we're going to leave space just for us all to meditate. And I love the Holy Spirit just to just drop this afresh into our minds and into our hearts this morning. So, Father, thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We've sung about you this morning, that as you breathe, like that our dry bones can come to life. And God, even in these words this morning, God, words that we can sometimes be so familiar with, Holy Spirit, make them come alive again once more. Would you reveal Jesus and, and his glory to us, almost like Moses of old, would you show us your glory, God? Help us to, to not just try to theorize it or work it out in our minds, but God, would you help it to come alive in our hearts, the beauty of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read these words together. This is Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. What I would love us to do, I'm just going to leave a minute here, and I would love just for you to read these words again to yourself just quietly. Love you to meditate on, allow some of these words just to drop into your heart and your spirit this morning. Just gaze on Jesus as you read these words again, just quietly to yourself. This is, this is Jesus who, who we worship. This is Jesus who we've sung of this morning. This is Jesus that, as a believer this morning, this is Jesus who we are saying we're following. You know our definition of discipleship, we've been saying repeatedly, we follow Jesus. And all of, this is Jesus who we're following in, in all of life and his majesty. Here's what Paul is saying, just in summary of this. Jesus, so we sang his name this morning, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. This is what Jesus is. Jesus existed before anything. Jesus is supreme above everything. Through Jesus, everything, even you, were created through him. Because of Jesus, everything, including you, were created for him. With Jesus, he created everything in the physical world, which means nothing is outside of his control. Whatever situation you're facing, whatever circumstance you're facing, he created it all. Nothing is outside of his control. Jesus created everything in the spiritual world. Nothing, no one is greater 
greater than him. We sang it this morning. You make the darkness tremble. He created it all. Jesus, he is the head of the church. We are the church, the body of Christ. Church is not something you come to. It is something you're a part of, and he's the head of it. Jesus is the first in everything. This is our God. This is Jesus in his majesty. He is greater than anything, the head of the church, name above every other name, and we worship him, we glorify him. And the most amazing and incredible thing is that this Jesus is the one who calls us friends. This Jesus who is above everything, the name above every other name, King of kings, Lord of lords, God of gods, he calls us friends. And this is where we come to, like Paul, as we're going to read, continue in Colossians here this morning, he goes on. Jesus has made us friends with him once again by his death on the cross we're going to look at this morning. This is what he says in John chapter 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. It's good news, isn't it? Isn't it amazing that Jesus and his majesty, and do you know what? Words like this we've read, it's almost like each and every day, it's words like this we just need to read and to reread and to reread and to, not to try again to work it out in our head, but that by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, it just comes alive inside of us. We start to grasp once again the greatness of Jesus. This is why we worship him. This is why we have a joy in our hearts because this God who created everything suddenly calls us friends. It's good news. This is why the joy of the Lord can be our strength because of Jesus and what he has done. And this morning we're going to see the beautiful thing. I'm going to just, for the remainder of our time, just preach a very simple message. But I want to lay a foundation for it. I want to go the next time I'm up just in this ministry of reconciliation. Because here's, here's the thing for us as the church. This is what we have been called to do. We are called to be ministers of reconciliation. But this morning, for the first part of this, there's three points really to land, but I'm going to, going to look at two of them this morning. We want to look at what it means to be reconciled, how to stand firm in being reconciled, and then the next time I'm here, I'm going to look about what it means to be ministers of reconciliation, because it changes our evangelism strategy completely, <laughs> but what we do with evangelism, and uh, I'll touch more on that later. I'm getting off topic now. Here we go. Ministry of Reconciliation. The first thing we look at is that we have been reconciled. If you continue to read with me in Colossians this morning, we're in verse 19 now. It says this. Listen to these beautiful words. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything. We just sang it this morning, peace, bring it all to peace. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. It's incredible. Listen to some of the words highlighting in this. God in all his fullness was in Christ. Sometimes we have in our minds or imagination that the Father and the Son, that you know, there was a separation. God was in Christ reconciling all things to himself. The fullness of God was present in this and active in this. The Spirit and the Father were caught up in this with the Son. But it was through the Son, through Christ, God reconciled everything 
everything, everything. There is no circumstance that you're going through today that God is not in and can be in and can reconcile and restore everything that God has reconciled to himself. This is what reconciliation means. This is, this is where it starts to get really cool, right? Reconciliation is this, the restoration of friendly relations, right? That's what reconciliation is, the restoration of friendly relations. Because as we read this passage that Paul tells us in, in Colossians, it's so important that we look at some of the positions that he talks about in this. Listen to what he says firstly. Once you were far away enemies separated. Now listen to this. What this is telling us is that for the believer, for anyone in the room this morning who is in Christ, this is something that is a past tense. So back here, once you were far away from God, you were separated, you were enemies of God. This is what has happened. But yet now, but now there's something different. That was then. That was the once before you were separated, your enemies. But now there's something that is different. And here's what it is. You've been reconciled to himself through the death and the physical death of Christ on the cross. Here's, here's what I felt the Holy Spirit really drop with me over the last couple of days as I was thinking about this. And I feel that this is something that is really important because we dare not let this, the spirit of religion take hold of why we meet here and what we're doing. Here's what I really feel, that this is why this is crucial. We have not been saved into your religion, but we have been restored into your relationship. Right? We have not been saved into your religion. We are not part of the religion of Christianity. We have been restored into a relationship. Remember, reconciliation means restoration of friendship or relationship. And here's why that is. When you have an understanding and a knowledge of the God story, here's what we know. In the beginning, when God created all things, we were created to be in relationship. Right? Relationship with one another, but relationship with God. And the awful thing that happened in Genesis 3, right at those opening pages of Scripture, was that sin came into the world. And you know, God being such a holy and such a just God, he cannot look upon sin without having to judge it. And so God could not be in relationship with us. And so what happened at that point is that we were cut off from Christ. This is where we once were. We were separated from Christ. We were enemies with Christ. We were separated completely from him. But what happened was that Jesus, through the work on the cross, comes and takes our sin upon him. And we are then clothed in his righteousness. And when the sin disappears, God is now able to look upon us and come close again. And now this is the but now, moment, we've been reconciled once we were in sin, once we were separate enemies, but now God is able to look upon us because God no longer sees sin upon us. This is what he sees, Isaiah 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. When God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. We now come close in. This is what Paul said in Colossians we read today. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. It's good news, isn't it? See why, guys, do you see why sometimes it's okay that we would want to jump up and down and dance in church and wave flags and why it might be okay, you know, to raise your wee hand, you know, because that's God who's above everything. God, right, we're raising you. 
See why sometimes the spirit of religion says, don't do that stupid. But it's like God is above everything and this is what he's done, bringing us into this relationship. Let joy come alive in our midst. Let the spirit allow joy and peace and all the patience, the happiness, everything, the fruit of the spirit come alive amongst us. Let joy be evident in our lives because this is who we are. We once were separated, but now here's who we are in Christ. Holy, blameless, standing before him without a single fault. Thing about the ministry of reconciliation, well, well, that is great. And again, in a few weeks, we're going to look about this is what we're called to call people into. Because do you ever, do you ever notice? Sorry, before I go on, that do you ever notice that sometimes when we try to tell people about Jesus? Sorry, this is a tangent, by the way. Do you ever notice sometimes when we try to tell people about Jesus, we we try to tell them, you know, about. And there is, of course, there's a hell, but it's where we lead in with. You know, we try to almost scare people into the arms of Jesus. We try to tell people about hell, but yet the Bible says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And what Paul actually says in 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to go into this the next time, is that we are ambassadors for Christ. And that through us, this is what we now call people to do. Come back to God. Come back to Christ because we all once, the original design upon all of our lives was relationship and this is what we're being reconciled into. So there's nobody that is beyond that. There's no one that you can look at and say doesn't deserve it. For everyone, the message is come back to Christ. This is what we've been brought into. But for us, before we do that, we have to stand firm on it. And this is where I want to go for the last part of this. Well, we know, and hopefully you know, that this is truth. I'm completely lost my place. Here we go. We need to stand firm on it. So we just sang songs this morning where we said this, all your promises are yes and amen. My confidence is in your faithfulness. Right, we, we believe that. And it's great when you've, you've got a really catchy tune and you've good worship and a good band and it's great in a moment like this because there's an experience, I believe that, totally in worship where we can experience God. But where it all becomes a reality for us is when we go home and then on the Monday to Saturday living, how does this actually ring true for us in terms of what we believe? It's great to hear someone say it, stand, shout and say, right, this is what you were, but this is what you are now. But what do we actually believe to be true when we head home? Because this is what Paul goes on to say in Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. And the thing that I just really want to point out in this is that I think there are some people in the room this morning that you have doubts about your salvation. And you have doubts about your faith with the Lord. Are are you really saved? What's going on? And the thing that I really wanted to point out from this passage as we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through this passage is firstly this. There's one thing that we need to be sure of that is our position, right? So the position of where we are right now as believers. So once we were far off, we were alienated from God, we were enemies, we were strangers, separated. But now our position is that we've been reconciled, we've been brought close, we are now friends with God once again. This is our position. And here's the thing you need to understand, your position never changes, right? Your position never changes. The thing that can and will change unless we guard it is this, our assurance, 
right? The assurance of this, where we stand right now, that is the thing that can ebb and flow. Right now, you might feel and believe it because we're part of the body together, and we're, maybe it's the iron sharpening iron thing where it's, we're rubbing off each other and we're feeling encouraged by it, but when you go home, you might start to doubt it. The assurance is the thing that ebbs and flows. And just as we finish in these last few minutes, just two things that I just want to point out and allow just the Holy Spirit just to challenge and to speak life into for all of us. Two things that can really affect our assurance for me with this one is firstly our actions. You know that in part of our teaching series in the past, one of the things we've talked about is that neither we are in Christ, there are certain things that we have to put off and there are certain things that we have to put on a way of living as unto the Lord. The Lord has given directions, instructions for us. If any of you have been around the Grow course, I might have mentioned this in church once or twice before, but one of the understandings of the word sin in the Bible is this Greek word hamartia, and what it means is uh, it was used in archery, and so what would have happened as, do you know the way in golf, as they, they swing with the ball, if someone slices it or hooks it, if it goes off, they'll shout the word for, just to try and make people duck out of the way. Right? So that's why I never played golf, because people were shouting it all the time and rubbish at it. But in archery, what would have happened is that as the archer was aiming at the target, if the, if the arrow was started to go off, it was going to miss the target, so someone was standing beside it. The word they would have shouted was this word, hamartia, and it was, it was going to miss the target. That's what it meant. But it's where the Greek derivative of the word sin came from, because God has bests and ideals, and as a father in love has given us directions to live into so that we can live fully into all that he has for us. But what happens is sin causes us to miss the target and to miss the best. And sometimes in our lives, because of certain things that we are opening ourselves up to and exposing ourselves to, is that it causes us to suddenly feel less confident before the Lord because we're missing the best of what God has and sin has started to, to creep in. One of the things I was reading um, during the week was... In, in Malachi. And in Malachi, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. But just before 400 years of silence, this is the last time that God speaks, and then Jesus comes. This is where Matthew's gospel comes in off the back of it. And at this point, Malachi, as he is speaking, God has given instructions about this, about how people think they are living rightly before him, but they're actually missing what it's actually all about. In Malachi, he starts to, to talk about worship specifically in the first couple of chapters. And he says this about how people are, are bringing their, their offerings and their sacrifices to God. And people are almost making a boast and a brag about it. They're saying, I'm bringing the best animal. I'm giving it to God because my heart's for him. You know, it's all about a show. And God's like, it's not your best animal. The animals you're bringing to me are actually the ones that are lame and defected. It's not really a sacrifice at all that you're bringing. It's an animal, but it's not your best. And God's recognizing this sometimes when we, that we are given of our second best to God. The thing is that Malachi, as it ends, when we get to chapter 4 in Malachi, the reference is Elijah. It says Elijah is coming. And in the Gospels, we know that it speaks of John the Baptist. And the whole message and the whole point of John the Baptist was simply this, prepare the way. The thing we need to realize and understand as believers is that each day there are two kingdoms that are at work. There's the kingdom of heaven, which we are part of, but there's a kingdom of darkness that comes against us. And the thing is, is that in our lives, some of the things that we do, we prepare the way for one of these kingdoms to influence us. 
there are certain things in our lives this morning, and, and I say this just in grace, there are certain things in our lives this morning which we know, as the Holy Spirit speaks right now, we know is preparing the way and opening us up to influence of the kingdom of darkness. And here's what John 10.10 says, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And how he does that is he just whispers words of lies, and he says to you, you're not really saved. Remember the thing you did yesterday? Remember that thought you thought of a few minutes ago? You couldn't be saved. And your assurance suddenly, listen, it's, it happens in all of our lives, but that is why we need to be those who are preparing the way and living fully into the things of God. And here's the good news this morning. If there are certain issues in your life that you just know you're struggling with, and this is almost a blockage or something that is hindering you feeling the assurance of God, here's the great news. One of my most favorite verses, I know Phil says that about every verse in the Bible, right? But this actually is one of my most favorite verses over the last couple of years. Proverbs 24, 16. Let me get to it. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Because of the grace of God, we can get up again. And so what we need to do is if there's an issue this morning, deal with it. Bring it to the Lord. Repentance just means think differently. Agree with God and what he is saying and live fully to him. The final thing I just want to simply say is this. What affects our assurance? There's some actions in our life that we need to take action with. But the final thing I would simply say is this. The words we speak One of the songs we sang there at the end, I'm just, I'm just trying to remember the words exactly of it. Some of the guys can help me out here. Um, but at the end, it was talking about, you know, how, it, we, yes, we silence. It says, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. And one of the things that I feel while Jesus and his kingdom comes in and silences fear, one of the things which we can do is we can pick them up and speak them out again. Bible says this in Proverbs 20 or Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's certain things which we are declaring over our life that it is not life, but we're actually doing the work of the enemy for him. Now hear me in this, because I've done this and I do this occasionally, but anytime I do it, I feel a bit yucky when I've said it. And when I hear people say it, it makes me feel a bit yucky. Do you ever hear people say things like this? They'll say, I just fear, or I have a real fear, and they'll declare something out. Yes? Have you ever done that? And what we do is, while the kingdom of God comes and silences fear, sometimes we pick them up and we speak them out and we declare them over people, over situations, and yet what the Bible tells us, and listen, I'm not saying that's a sin to do it, but we need to recognize what it is we're actually declaring with our words. The Bible says this um, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God has has given us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. Right? So what we don't want to do is we don't through our spirit, through the Holy Spirit that's live in us, he does not want to be the one that speaks fear. So if there are words of fear that are coming out of your heart or you're feeling within you, you need to know this. They have not come from the Father. Fear does not come from the Father. In fact, remember we said at the very beginning, part of reconciliation is that it just releases peace. That's why it says this in the book of Philippians. It says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't have a fear. Because fear hasn't come from God. But it says this, but with prayer and supplication, right? And so in giving it to God and allowing his kingdom to come alive in whatever situation you're going through, it says this, a peace that surpasses understanding, 
right? Even when you can't understand, a peace that starts to reconcile your situation, a peace that is beyond understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what happens as the kingdom of heaven is alive. But sometimes, and I could say it's human nature, but yet we're not of this world. There's another nature that is alive now in us, isn't there? We participate in the divine nature. So what we need to be are those who just speak words of life and speak what God has sent to us. Stephen, guys, do you want to come up just as we finish? Again, in a couple of weeks, we're going to just look about what it means for us to be those who now are called to reconcile all things for God. But as we finish this morning, I just want us to remember these words that we have just been focusing on. This is who we are. I said at the start, this was a very simple message. <laughs> you maybe have heard something like this before, but you know what? This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. And what we need to be as a people is just to remind ourselves of the truth of God. We are alive in him because of him, and through him, all things are being made to come alive. That is the hope in the heart of God and this in this ministry of reconciliation for us. And what I would love you to do is the guys just ready themselves to play. We're going to sing and worship and boldly declare this morning. I would love you to just bow your heads as we second this morning. So in boldness today, we stand with certainty that we once were enemies. We once were those who were calling themselves sinners. We once were controlled and enslaved to fear. But now, now we are in Christ. We are sons and daughters. We are his friends. We are alive in him. We are holy. And as a result, in joy, we worship and we praise him for all that he has done. For some people in the room this morning, I just feel that there is both those elements at the end that, and we've prayer ministry available at the back at the end of the service today, but that there's maybe a situation that you're facing, that you're struggling. Paul would call it that sin that so easily entangles. It just constantly is just raising its head. And through it, the enemy is stealing, killing, destroying part of the assurance. This morning, we just want to just pray that the joy of the Lord's salvation would be restored to you today. There's some people in the room this morning that their hearts are just gripped by fear. Hear the words of love and grace. It's not a sin that you're feeling the way you're feeling. So don't let the enemy condemn you. But it's not the heart's desire of the Father for you to stay that way. And this morning I feel that in both of these situations that actually there's a moment of being able to declare something, of releasing something. Power in the tongue of death and life. This morning, I would just love, as we finish, for us to be able to boldly declare and release life and speak life over our lives and over our situations. 
in joy to stand and declare that we once were sinners, we once were enemies, we once were alienated and separated from God, but now we have been reconciled. We are friends of Christ. We stand before Him holy, sinless, spotless, without a single fault. That's what I would love us to do in this moment. I'm just going to just finish and just pray right now. But I would love us just to stand. Can we stand our feet, please, as we finish? The last song we're going to sing is that well-known one, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. We sang the songs many times this morning, but I feel that there's a moment of victory in it for some people in the room this morning where it's a boastful declaration. That's what I once was, but it's not who I am right now. And it's not who I'm choosing to be and to step into for the rest of my future. And there's a moment of leaving stuff behind and boldly declaring. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ. Father, thank you for all that we are and the position that we now find ourselves in, not because of anything about us that we could boast in, but, Jesus, because of you, of your grace and your love and what you have bought for us through the death of your body on the cross. Thank you, God, that we have not been saved into your religion, but we've been restored to your relationship. We stand here as sons and daughters. We stand here as your friends and a bold boldness, we enter your presence right now. And in boldness, we come and we sing joy with joy and with praise and lift your name high. And God, we just speak and declare words of life. We're no longer slaves to fear. Fear, you will not take our song away. Fear, you will not take our song away. We're going to release songs of joy right now. So Holy Spirit, be glorified in this. Father, be glorified in this. Jesus, be glorified in this. This is all because of you and for you. In your beautiful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.